Breaking news, friends. Even superheroes need a break from social media. And today we're going to talk about that and what it might mean for us, too. Hey, everyone. Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, if you've been keeping an eagle eye on the entertainment news recently, as I try to do every day, even though I'm I'm not an eagle, (laughs) you might have seen that spite. Thank you for the sympathy laugh, Paul. I appreciate it. I I like to warm my dad jokes up on the plugged in show, you know, for my kids. You might have seen that Spider-Man star Tom Holland has decided to take a break from social media for the sake of his mental health. I thought it was a pretty interesting story, and it's one that has a lot of relevance for us, too. Even if we don't have millions of social media followers hanging on our every online word. In our second segment, we're going to talk about the new movie Secret Headquarters, a mostly family-friendly superhero kind of flick with a few problems to be aware of, but some positive themes to praise too. And Kennedy Unthank will be joining us to tell us more about that one. And before we jump in, I'd like to encourage you to follow The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts. Take a minute to leave a review for others who might be wondering just what this Plugged In Show thing is all about. We would love to have you vouch for us and let them know how awesome we are. Thank you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? And humble. Humility. I, and, humble. And, and that it's that kind of awesomeness and humility that makes the Plugged In Show a rare thing indeed. So with no further ado, joining me for our conversation today are Paul A.C., Kristen Smith, and Jonathan McKee. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hey. Glad to have you with us today. Well, sadly, summer is a season that is wrapping up, but Stop. hopefully... Sorry, Kristen. Hopefully, at least theoretically, we've had a bit more space to relax and maybe even reflect on the big existential questions in our lives. Or not. Paul's looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So, with that preamble, what was the most life-giving thing you and maybe your family did this summer? We went camping and hiking. Yeah? Where did you camp and hike? Well, we're going to go again to Granby. It's like okay. one of our favorite places. And when I say hiking, I have a two and four-year-old, so let's be real. We took walks in places where people Cajoling. hiked. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But it was really enjoyable. Yeah. All right. You get to kind of disconnect. Paul, Jonathan? So I also went hiking, actually, okay. in Maine. So I had never oh. been to Maine. It was kind of so cool. Beautiful. It was really cool. I, w- I was actually going to say something else. but. Oh. Since you were talking about humid. hiking, yeah, it was it was really nice. It was really cool. We went to Acadia National Park. They have fifteen hundred foot mountains there. Okay, coming from so Colorado. Hills. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we we live in Colorado, right? Correct. So I the, do. The mountains here get significantly larger. They and so, get that way? <laughs> they, as you drive? We went, yeah, they they sort of grow as <laughs> as you're walking up them, and sometimes it feels that way. Uh-huh. But but we went there to Maine, and we thought, oh, this is going to be easy. These are little tiny hills, just like what you said, Adam. <laughs> no, no, these are very difficult walks for us because they've never heard of switchbacks in Maine. And because you're not oh. as young as you used to be. And because I'm not as young Even as though I you do be. run marathons, and I don't. And so, yeah, it was, it was really challenging. I, the, some of these mountains, they've actually built steps into. So we just walked up oh, I like that. a big... 1500 flight of steps. Ooh, I don't like that. But it was really joyful and, and wonderful. 
So be thankful. (laughs) What about you? Oh, man. I'm definitely the most boring one in the bunch. Remember remember when you were a kid and summer vacation was like, summer vacation. (laughs) It's just, you know, when you're an adult, you're the working man. I mean, like we literally, we had no vacation. So we haven't, we haven't gone anywhere. So, but I will say something that's just been a delight is my grandson is now approaching two and he's just, you know, Kristen, you probably, you know, realize this one with me here. He's getting to the stage where we can now take him to a restaurant and he won't like, yes. and he's actually manageable. Yes. We could like put him in a booster seat. Praise God. And even though he will get, whoever sits next to him, will get guacamole all over them or whatever, yes. you know, um, at least he'll stay and he can like sit for probably almost 45 minutes. Yeah. You know, we're like, whoa. And so... On Friday nights, we end up going out with my daughter and him, and so it's just the four of us at the restaurant, and it's it's my joy of the week. It's That's like awesome. so fun. <laughs> we get that like, hey, we're going out, and you know, we try different things and pizza and you know, Mexican food and whatever, and it's been fun because there's no rest for the weary. Right? So. It's a social experiment. Great. Okay, I have one yeah. story to share. Are you going again? You yeah. know we have a podcast. No, no, no. no. This, <laughs> this I, have this. I have to share this. I have to share this. You have to. So when, when, when my son was like three or four, right, we took him yeah. to a fancy restaurant for the first time. We went to Red Lobster or something. We sat in a booth. He was so I good. I love it. Red Lobster. Oh, it's so a fancy restaurant. <laughs> for, for us at the time, it was very, very fancy. That's awesome. So, very fancy. He was really good, but he kept getting up and down in his seat, right? So Mm. we Mm. were wondering what was going on, and about halfway through the dinner, we realized he was sitting down and grabbing a fry and standing up and throwing it at the table right behind us where people were eating. All right. Well, Paul's (laughs) queuing up our next icebreaker, and that is crazy things our kids did before we recognize what they were doing. Oh we'll save that exactly. one maybe for next week. Wait, that's a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole podcast. And yeah, yeah. maybe Sorry. for a totally different kind of podcast. Sorry, as well. I know we took it off the rails a little bit, but I well, had to share. I think for <laughs> me, um, my wife was out of town with my youngest daughter. They were at a swimming meet way, way, way far away in another part of the state. Uh, that's not the refreshing part, just in case you're worried that I'm going to use my family's absence as my positive example. (laughs) But I was with my older two kids, and we had a chance to go see Toby Mac at Red Rocks. Oh, I saw you post that. Um, That looked like so much fun. Which, um, if you've never been to Red Rocks, it's an amphitheater on the northwest side of Denver. Um, And it's a stunning, I think it's got to be one of the top outdoor venues in the world. And uh, it's just beautiful. And we just, we had such a great time. And that's awesome. Without sounding like a shill for Toby Mac, if you ever have a chance to go to one of his concerts, you'll be, you will be blessed by it. And I actually don't talk like that very often, as my coworkers know, but um, (laughs) here's a guy who's been through some stuff Mm -hmm. and, and just wonderful music and wonderful ministry. And we had a great time. It was a great time. So, Cool. Now that we've all done our what did we do over summer vacation essay, <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about Tom Holland and some of the changes he's made to his social mm. media habits. And we're going to use that as a springboard to a bigger conversation about how we engage with technology. Obviously, that is a perennial, uh, nay, perhaps almost a weekly topic on the Plugged In Show. Um, but I want to talk today especially about how 
our spiritual lives intersect the way we interact with technology. But Jonathan and Paul, you both had some engagement with this story. Paul, you wrote a blog about it. Jonathan, you did a radio piece on it. Tell us about what is happening with Tom Holland and uh, his own realizations about social media. So Tom Holland, he, as you mentioned, he uh, he stepped away from social media. He has 67.7 million Instagram followers. Which is a handful. 66.6 million a handful. more than I have. Right. So, yeah. so he hadn't posted anything on Instagram for a while. He came back just to say he wanted to push a, a mental health, a series of mental health apps. But as he was talking about that, he also said that he was stepping away from Instagram because of his mental health. And he said essentially mm-hmm. that, that when he reads things about himself, he tends to spiral. It becomes overwhelming. He said, ultimately... It's very detrimental to my mental state. So I decided to take a step back and delete the app. Um, As our own Emily Clark would tell us, it's not easy to delete Instagram. (laughs) Um, But it was a good step back, I think, for Tom Holland. You know, here's a guy who um, obviously has a lot of, of followers online. Um, people love him. People yeah. love him, and yet it can be really overwhelming. And I think that we can all sort of sympathize with the idea that, man, it can be just a little too much. Yeah. Jonathan, anything to add there? Well, you know, it's funny. It's, I keep hearing this again and again, and I've kind of written about this, and it's interesting to watch different celebrities' experience this because celebrities are real people. Right. Yeah. Um, but they're kind of under that toaster oven, that pressure cooker of – of like, you know, dealing with it probably on steroids compared to most of us um, because there's, you know, so many people with so many comments and comment sections are horrible. And uh, (laughs) so I think that when you see uh, someone like this respond, really we're looking at a normal human being responding the way normal human beings respond. And and, uh, touche to him. I I remember when my daughter did it, we wrote about it in the book we wrote together, and it was such an incredible relief for her. Um, She just said the pressure that just took off her shoulders. So it was good to hear Tom do this. And I hope that it inspires other people to just try it because it's not that social media is bad or evil or anything like that. It's just more of that uh, sometimes it could control our lives and sometimes it could be too much and a break is often exactly what we need. Yeah, agreed. I was talking with uh, with somebody actually this morning about this very issue, right? Um, social media and the pressures that come with it. I think that that oftentimes, you know, social media was designed to help us connect with one another, but it brought a lot of baggage with it. Mm. And, and I think to sort of the idea of, you know, decluttering has become sort of a thing in our lives, right? You have these decluttering experts who say, you need to get rid of everything that doesn't bring joy to you. So and just, I think, just get a flamethrower and turn that sucker loose, right? Well, <laughs> in, but when you're thinking about our time, which is in some ways is the most valuable commodity that we have, yeah. Yeah. sometimes I think we need to declutter our time. Yeah. Where you oh, need like to actually really pull good. back and say, what gives you joy? What gives you peace? And for a lot of people, I don't necessarily think social media is it. Yeah. Well, well, let me ask a question. I, wanna, I want to springboard off of that. On one hand, I would say we talk about a lot and people realize too much screen time comes with some baggage. And yet we do it. 
like at some level, I think we're looking for the kind of joy we're talking about. And yet it, you know, you scroll through your feed for half an hour and, and maybe you find out, you know, your cousin's doing something cool. Like there can be really nice relational things that happen. Um, but most of the time it just feels like, well, that's half an hour. I'm never getting back. <laughs> Why do you think we look for joy and fulfillment in something that we know can't deliver? Like what's going yeah. on there? Just let's talk about that a minute psychologically. I think Paul's mentioned this before, but there's a difference between like passive consumption and active consumption, okay. right? And so like if you are, I, I really enjoy reading, but I also do scroll through my phone and I have started to do something where like my poor husband, he'll get like <laughs> nine, he gets like nine to 12 reels in his inbox. I'm like, you have to watch every single one of them. They're so funny. And I always want funny ones because it's like a mode of escapism, right? Like I just want to laugh mm-hmm. and chill and, and hope that you find this as funny as I do or force you to find it as funny as I do, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that is really an easy thing to do when I feel like I need to disconnect at the end of the night because I don't have to do any work. Right. And I've worked all day, right? And when Adam, you've said this, like we have this entitlement toward what we think yep. we can escape into. And so I think that paired with is the more healthy thing reading and doing something else 110%, but it has to be a discipline and you have to set boundaries for yourself because if not, you probably will get sucked into, and it doesn't have to be Instagram. Like a right. lot of people might make, like my husband likes YouTube. So he'll watch like a ton of these like educational, like for example, I, I send reels Five seconds later, he's like, I just watched this whole thing on like physics. And he goes, I'm like, I, I can't handle this right now. I don't want to talk about learning at all. <laughs> but these are the differences, right? Well, it's funny, too. It's it's hard to lump everything into one category because for us yeah. to sit there and say social media and some people want to say, is social media bad? You know, is a car bad? You right. know, you could drive too fast, get in a wreck, or you could drive to work or drive to That's church. You know, it, it's it's hard to say social media is bad. And honestly, sitting down and watching funny videos is different than scrolling through um, other people and wishing we were having as much fun as them. Yes. And not all social media is that either. Right. It's, you can't overgeneralize like that. And young people, one of their favorite things to do is watch funny videos. And if it was just as simple as that, that might be nice, but some videos are actually kind of profane. And so, right. so that's, what's tough. This, you know, little tool we have that we carry in our back pocket has so much potential for fun and funny and even connection, but also we can become so obsessed with it. It causes us to disconnect with the important people in the room. Yeah. And, and that's where these conversations need to happen with our kids so we can teach them this balance and teach them to navigate this as we navigate most of life, which is um, looking for good and, and trying to soak that in and and being aware of the bad and how do we avoid that. And um, it's a struggle. The struggle yeah. is real. The struggle is real, my brother. <laughs> One thing that, that struck me about what Jonathan was saying was the idea that it is a tool. And I think that's a perfect way to describe it. You know, it is a tool. And tools can be used for good or ill. A chainsaw is a tool as well, and it's very, very yeah. useful. But it can be very, very dangerous as well. And I think that that's, that's something that we need to be aware of. Now, in terms of why we keep coming back to it, I sometimes wonder if it's a little like being the fan of a sports team that isn't very good. You know, 
you come back. <laughs> Who is the sports team here? Is it us? <laughs> I'm not, not going to mention any sports teams, but but you come back season after season. You think this might be the year, or this might be the game, and and I think that sometimes we can go to social media saying, "I love all these people here. These are my friends. These are people that I enjoy following." Uh, but sometimes when we actually dig into our feeds, when we start scrolling, it becomes less satisfying. And I think that, that a lot of it is because of of the comparisons that we make, the inability. When we see people who seem to be having much more fun than we are, it mm. can be difficult. And it can be really difficult if a conversation explodes uh, that takes us in a bad direction mentally. Yeah, I don't actually think we were ever meant to ingest this much information either, right? So, like, I found myself getting lost in, like, I, um, Exodus Cry is someone I follow on Instagram, and they fight against pornography and child sex tra- trafficking and all that stuff. So that that's, like, a positive thing that they're doing, right? Watching what they do for too long gets mm-hmm. a little depressing. Right. In the same way that following, like, a mom on Instagram who, like, maybe homeschools her kids or they go to school or whatever, but she has this, like, perfectly curated feed with all these really nice tips, all very helpful and applicable, it's not always real life. And right. so, like, learning how to be thankful for what you have because it can create a sense of discontentment. Like, you need to be present where you are and be thankful for what you have. I have so many things I want to say in response to that. <laughs> One of the things that I want to say is I think that when I'm engaged with my phone and I think it's bigger than social media, I think social media is a component and and it's social media we can define really broadly too. We're not sure. just talking about Instagram or Facebook, but YouTube, I think anywhere where we're consuming content created by other people, there's a velocity to it, right? And I think the velocity is getting faster. I think with TikTok, with Reels, with these short videos, we go around the loop and we want another lap, right? Oh, yeah. Like it's built in that I want another hit from that. And I have to make a conscious decision to step out of that. And Kristen, I also wanted to riff on what you said about we're not made to to really process this much information. Years ago, and I read this on the internet, so I know that it's true. Um, <laughs> I read something to the effect of in the year 1500, somebody in their lifetime would not read as much as one printed issue of the New York Times. And this was like, I remember reading this quote even before the internet was a huge thing. You know, how much more is that true now? Uh, um, In his book, The Shallows, Nicholas Carr talks about how one of the effects of the internet is that it has created a high-speed skimming culture. Mm -hmm. And we sort of live in this this motorboat kind of existence where we're just jumping from wave to wave to wave, if I can use that mental picture. And so going back to something you said earlier, Kristen, it takes discipline to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to just park the boat for right now. And I want to get off of this sort of high speed velocity thing that my brain likes, you know, I, I get a hit of dopamine every time I see a funny reel and Oh, look at what the chipmunk did. Can you believe he did that? Ha, ha, ha. I have to show somebody. And and sometimes it's just that inane, right? So, um, Jonathan. Well, it's weird because you look at back to the Tom Holland situation is you wonder why for him, and I'm, I'm reading into it because we don't know other than his little statements, but, you know, here's a celebrity who has this enormous pressure, you know, put on him. And I think Instagram probably was a source of that. I think it probably became work for him. 
And the only thing I could say, because you know, I you know never had millions of followers, this or that. But when I was doing the speaking circuit, when I was you know gone two to three weekends a month, and I was just that was my full time gig, and I was on social media, taking posts everywhere I was, um, posting every time I wrote a new article, posting a book, all this different stuff. Um, uh, two years ago, I stopped all that. And I never, I don't even look at social media at all, other than occasionally LinkedIn, you know, for business stuff. It's, I'm so boring now. And I can tell <laughs> I you- I wasn't gonna say anything, Jonathan, but yeah, I, maybe I can so. tell you, for me personally, I've had more joy in the last two years being free from that and in just enjoying the people in the room instead of like, oh, this would be a good moment to post about. Oh, I should click this picture. Oh, I should. There was that pressure that was always with me that, oh, I've got to do this because as, in essence, an influencer I, and young people are choosing that for themselves. They're choosing to be influencers and there's a lot of pressure in it. And whenever you interview Anybody, we did it on this show just a few episodes ago, who chooses that world, the pressure is so unreal that for many of them, it became too much. And me personally, 50 something years old, I'll leave the something part as a mystery. Five uh, X. It, Five X. It was too much. Yeah. Hmm. And I had enough and I ain't going back. So kudos, Tom. A lot of people, I think pay a social media manager to take care of their stuff but that's an aside so i think no but seriously like i you don't see a lot which of... is why i have tens of followers <laughs> no, i think it's important to remember right like this whole conversation we're having is we're consuming this stuff as adults this all is a reflection of like what our children see absolutely and so this is going to come back to like we can talk about this day and night and we can not think it's a big deal for us as much, but our kids see everything and, and look at what we do more than what yeah. we say. And so kind of setting boundaries and coming back to like, okay, how are we going to give them structure, especially after the summer when typically summers are freedom, right? Like we can <laughs> right? we just like get rid of the boundaries and kind of do what we want. At least as a kid, that's what they think. Like no school, yeah, I don't yeah. have to do all this stuff. So how are we reestablishing the school years back? What can we do? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. And I want to sort of end this on a, a bit of wisdom from my wife. Um, my wife lives a very integrated life, whereas I sort of, I'm more like a pinball. I sort of bounce <laughs> around and she just sort of watches me. And um, I'm often saying, oh, we need to do X, Y, or Z. We need to make this big change. We need to cut this out. We need to change our habits here. And she will usually at some point in the conversation very quietly say, that's great, you know, if we're really going to make those cuts, but what are we going to add in instead? Because I think sometimes we recognize we need to make a cut or a change to our habits, but if we're not filling it with something that is life-giving and redemptive and non-screeny or techie, um, and I just want to say my family does not have this figured out. Uh, we don't. I'd say we get about a, a C plus on a good week on tech management, and that's a good week. But I want to say that as a preface to what I want to say next, and that is we are this fall um, really trying to be intentional about taking a Sabbath together as a family. And so on Saturdays, for us, what that will look like is to try to put the tech down, not in a we're going to slap your hand if you pick up your phone kind of way, but 
my wife and I have brainstormed several things that we want to do every Saturday. We want to go for a walk or do something active as a family. We want to have a meal together and we want to set aside a time where we're all actually reading together. And so those are sort of the Sabbath activities. And, And obviously Sabbath implies spending some time focusing on God too. So that's in the mix also. Um, but that we're not just taking something away, but we're wanting to fill it with an alternative. And I think, again, going back to what you were saying earlier about discipline, Kristen, um, just that, okay, what am I going to, what am I going to replace this with? Um, and I think that that's a really, that's a great concrete question because in the abstract, it's like, oh, we're going to have less screen time. Well, is that just magically going to happen? Right. Or you know what? I'm not going to pick my phone up for the first half hour of the day, but I am going to pick my Bible up. I mean, that's a a really simple one-to-one replacement. But I think that if we can think in those terms, we can begin to influence our family culture and we can begin to make some of these changes. And it's not just, oh, we have to give up something. Because I think if it's always couched in that negative, we got too much screen time kind of way, we're likely going to fail. But if we can fill it with something life-giving, I think there's an opportunity for us to really grow as a family. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, I know that there's more to say on this subject. And the good news is in future episodes of The Plugged In Show, we can probably return to this topic. But I hope that what we've talked about today has been life-giving and encouraging to you in this area where, as Jonathan says, the struggle is real, right? We're all living here. And we want The Plugged In Show and Plugged In to be a resource that helps you and your family to navigate these very real concerns and issues that we are dealing with today. Well, joining me for our second segment today is Kennedy Unthank. Hello. Welcome to the madness. Uh, Well, Kennedy, there's a new movie out streaming on Paramount Plus called Secret Headquarters. Yes. Actually, it's not that kind of a movie. Um, And our plugged in show audience may want to know more about it. So, what is going on in the movie Secret Headquarters? Yeah, so in Secret Headquarters, you have this uh, this boy named Charlie, and he doesn't really have a great relationship with his father. Is there a chocolate factory? No, unfortunately no. Okay. not. That's probably one of the biggest content concerns, actually. <laughs> no. um, but uh, Charlie, he, uh, he and his father, they used to have a good relationship, but one day his father just kind of... He started getting a lot more busy with work, and their relationship just deteriorated. Sorry about the game, but we're going to have fun tonight. Oh, my! Let me guess, another IT conference? I'm going to be back in a couple days, tops. However, he finds out that under his father's house, there's actually this secret headquarters. Ah, hence the title. And not only just any ordinary secret headquarters, but it's the secret headquarters of this super-powered hero named the Guard. And he starts to make the connection that the guard, who is a superhero that he loves very much, is actually his father. And so he starts to realize that his father, uh, the reason why his father's never been around for him is because he's been so busy fighting crime and Mm -hmm. saving people from disasters. And at the exact same time, he also realizes that just as his father is fighting crime, he also will need to fight crime because as he finds out that this secret lair is under his father's house... So do a bunch of baddies who want to steal the power source of his father's powers. Okay. So it sort of sounds like Spy Kids meets The Incredibles all kind of mushed up together. Home Alone meet Iron Man. And Home Alone. Right. Because dad's not there, but 
he's got to fend off the bad guys. Is that kind of mm-hmm. what's going on here? Yes. Him and his friends with the help of his dad's superpowered technology. Oh, so a little bit of Iron Man, like Paul was saying. Yes. So what's the good and what's the bad? What? May, let's start with what the problems are. What will parents be wanting to know about in terms of the content here other than the fact that there's no chocolate yeah uh so i think the primary thing is there's quite a bit of god's name being taken in vain okay um in addition with that there's there's a bit of slapstick violence omgs yeah yeah. sort of phrases okay and then there's also a lot of violence and not only just slapstick violence but there's a lot of actual life-threatening violence okay something that you'd see more akin in like an iron man movie where people's lives are genuinely in danger, which feels a little bit more weird when you're dealing with a bunch of children. Yeah. Um, and these are a bunch of mercenaries with firearms who are actively trying to shoot them. Okay. But at the same time, it is a comedy. It's got Owen Wilson in it. So, oh, you know, it's not no, going to... Enough said, oh, right? It's yeah. it's never going to go too far. <laughs> like yeah. I said in the re- review, if you can take your kid to a Marvel movie, you'll likely be fine with them watching this movie as well. So what... What's the takeaway? I mean, I'm guessing there are some nice positive themes there amid the slapstick, non-slapstick, and profane content. Yeah, I think uh, the primary thing is that heroes can have flaws. Hmm. And, you know, uh, Owen Wilson, his character, as he as he struggles with time management, essentially, as a superhero, <laughs> he, he starts to realize, you know, maybe he hasn't been the hero to his son. He's only been the hero to the rest of the world. Oh, and he starts nice to realize message. that. He starts to realize, you know, maybe I do need to put in a lot more time with my actual family. Okay. Yeah, you know, I think except for the things that we've talked about that are problems that parents may want to know about, this is a really redemptive movie and you can find it streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Well, now it's time for a part of our show we like to call the Pop Culture Connection. And each week, our producer, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Adam. She comes at us with these questions that have to do with pop culture. And, you know, it's a little bit like real life. We have to answer as fast as we can because we want to win the competition. So we try to give as many answers as we possibly can come up with in our somewhat occasionally addled brains um, in order to win. And and we have a a whopping 30 seconds. So Ashley, take it away. All right, Paul, I'm going to have you go first Oh my goodness. Because we know how much you love the game. Yes. And I don't want you cheating with that computer in front of you. Oh, I do have a computer in front of me. I can cheat. He can't Google that fast. That's true. (laughs) This is a good one for you. What do you think is the best movie of all time and why? Oh, you know what? I'm going to go I'm going to go Schindler's List only because that's the first thing that popped into my mind. It's it's probably not the best movie of all time, but it's my favorite movie that I've ever seen. It's not particularly fun to watch, but it is a beautiful movie with a beautiful story. Uh it has Liam Neeson in it. It's black and white. It tells the the real story of this really heroic guy back in World War II. Um it in, involves so much interesting spiritual depth. If you get into it a little bit. Nice. Nice. I got six you gotta, points. You got to get in faster, okay. bro. I know. I know. Well, you I was thinking 15 best seconds movie or best movie for me or, you know, these questions can go in so these, many different directions. Yeah. Oh, these questions. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's such a good one. <laughs> not your question, Jonathan. It's got penguins. Uh, it's got not a your question. I've never, I've never seen Schindler's <laughs> List. Uh, Schindler's List is to, really good. It's a tough oh, movie. Oh, it's excellent. It is, yeah. it I mean, is it, hard to watch. And the plugged in guy will say it's R-rated because there's violence and some sexual content. It's a very so, difficult movie to it's watch. It's a hard movie. But in terms but of... important. Yeah. 
Yeah, very awesome. important. See, this is like a bonus segment. Right. Ashley, who's next? All right. Adam, <laughs> let's have you go next. All right. All right. I've been on vacation, so my brain should be supple. So I got <laughs> I got six points, right, Ashley? Six points, okay. Paul. Oh, yeah. I bet I don't get six I'm points. I'm in the lead. Did I get six? Yeah, but you went you went first. <laughs> I'm all still right. in the lead. If you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep Man. and why? Well, I would have to keep YouTube because I am kind of a YouTube junkie. Uh, in our conversation today, uh, we talked about Instagram, Facebook. I'm not on those, but I love me some YouTube. So I would keep YouTube. I would probably keep Pokemon Go because my son and I have been playing it for six years. It has been the best relational thing in some ways, at least digitally, that has ever happened to us. And it's fun to catch small imaginary creatures. Uh, and uh, I probably would keep Chrome because, well, the internet. And that's self-explanatory. <laughs> nice. You need to open some of my gifts. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Paul and I actually play Pokemon together. Oh, strange, fun. Strange and weird fun fact. It's out there now, Paul. But <laughs> Paul is not your son. It's a weird no, work Paul relationship. Paul is not my son. Uh, and, and Paul, you went there first. So. Was there that, you go. Was that seven? Good. I got six. Oh, so you and Paul we're tied. Hey, yeah. Big ups, big ups. All right. <laughs> Woohoo. All right, Kristen. We'll save Jonathan for last. Oh, he's going to He's out. I know. You never know. Jonathan's like, he's like knocking down another cup of coffee right now just to get his pulse up high enough. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> Not the thing about Jonathan is, is that he thinks so fast he's and then he talks good so fast. Yeah, right? It's just, so, it feels uh, like an unfair advantage. All right, Kristen. Go. What was your favorite video game as a kid oh. and why? Probably either Sonic or the Aladdin or Lion King game like, <laughs> way, way, way back when. Okay, Sonic is fun because you get to get like all the little rings. You get to kill Dr. Robotnik um, or multiple times at least. You get to have like Tails with you. I don't even remember if Knuckles was in it. But anyway, um, I don't know. I don't know. He's blue. Sega, He's blue. He's blue. Sega's a really fun gaming console. It's like my favorite growing yeah. up. Um, the music. Oh, yeah, the music. Yeah. Why are you guys helping me? <laughs> hey! It just feels like... They helped you to nine points, lady. Oh, nine! Oh. You're... We really should not have helped You're you. You're welcome, and let's hope that Jonathan's coffee... Jonathan. Maybe it's enough to hold him off. I don't drink coffee. We'll, we'll see. see. All right, Jonathan. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is the big one. I'm shooting for two. <laughs> oh, you'll get like 12. Would you choose Star Wars or Star Trek, and why? Oh. Absolutely choose Star Wars because you got the comic thing with the two robots. You got Luke who lives in a desert but actually becomes a hero. You got those cool buns on Princess Leia's head. You got sword battles with lightsabers. You've got these guys. You got Han Solo with his sass. You've got the relationship between him and Leia. You got Jabba the Hutt with a ooh, ooh, ooh. You got the little creature who sits on his tail. He's like, you've got. Salacious cum. Uh, absolutely. You've got Boba Fett. You've got the creature that sucks them all into the ground. You've got. He, he won. Like, he's just too oh, good yeah. at this. Oh, that was awesome. Do you know that David Letterman used to have a segment on his show called Stupid Human Tricks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does anybody remember? Mm-hmm. I mean, half of you don't even know who David Letterman yeah. is. But <laughs> look it up. It's on the internet. Do you want to hear mine? One of mine? Yeah. I can do a salacious crumb laugh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Wow. It wasn't that good. It's okay. Paul's, Paul's looking at me like, that's my boss. <laughs> All righty, Jonathan, then. congratulations. How many? He had 17. Yeah, he had oh a lot. Jonathan, I, I stopped counting. I had 11. 
Wow. <laughs> I ran out of hands. I was on my toes by the time Jonathan So got my done. favorite answer was probably Jabba the Hutt in his hole. Yeah. Well, I think that's what inspired that my lame good, attempt Jonathan. to this delicious crumb laugh. I like the Sarlacc pit, even though he didn't, I didn't name even it. Ma- yeah. I didn't name the pit. But I did refer to Princess Leia's buns on her head. You did. Yes. <laughs> you did. Which is two points. That's right. <laughs> One per bun. <laughs> wow. One per bun. Well, You're I'm welcome. thinking, look at the time. <laughs> and speaking of that, thank you for spending some of yours here at the Plugged In Show today. If you have enjoyed the show, we would love for you to tell your friends because word of mouth is the best way to get the word about the Plugged In Show out there. You can also leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We would also love to hear about you, and we'd love to hear about changes you have made in your social media habits in your home. What have you done that's worked? How have you maybe been able to curb some of this, or or what healthy things has your family done that has enabled you to get a handle on this issue? So we would love to hear from you, and you can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram, or send us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And we love to hear how we have encouraged you. And occasionally we also get letters from folks who tell us maybe something we didn't get quite right or something we missed. And Kristen, I think you have a letter to read that's sort of in that vein for us this week. Yeah, Alex on Facebook said, disappointed with this first segment. You guys complained about the new mature content being added to the streaming service, Disney Plus, but did not mention at all the new parent control settings they added at the same time that are meant to keep the new content blocked for younger viewers. Leaving that out paints a misleading picture of the situation. Yeah, and I appreciate that Alex has reached out to us to let us know that because we want to give, I think, a balanced critique of the things that we talk about. And we didn't mention that. So um, there are new parental control features on Disney+. And thanks, Alex, for letting us know about that. And also, as our way of saying thanks to all of you today for a gift of any amount, we would love to send you a copy of Jonathan McKee's book, The Teen's Guide to -to Face-to-Face Connections in a Screen-to-Screen World, 40 Tips for Meaningful Communication. You'll find a link to order that book in the episode notes for today's show, as well as on the corresponding blog entry for this week's conversation. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us at the Plugged In Show today. We love having you join us to talk about pop culture, technology, and how those things influence your family. We hope that this has been an encouraging and equipping time, and we invite you to join us again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. A lot of people, I think, pay a social media manager to take care of their stuff, but seriously, like, I don't, which is why I have tens of followers. Hi, this is Joshua Hosler. I'm the social media person for Plugged In. (laughs) Josh, that's right. I forgot. I do have a social media guy. I'm so sorry. I'm a bad person. Thank you for reminding me. It's okay. I'm used to it. (laughs) And Joshua is also new, and he is going to be helping us in the coming weeks and months to be creating a ton of new social media content related to the Plugged In Show. So stay tuned and stay alert. And as those new channels come online, we will let you know about them. Thanks, Josh. You're welcome. (laughs) 
messing up at school can be embarrassing. But Average Boy is used to it. He tries, fails, and tries again thanks to help from his friends Billy, Jenny, and Sarah. Join Average Boy in his very first fun-filled novel called Average Boy's Above Average Year. He deals with bullies, homework, and more while following God and showing God's love to others. Check out this book, perfect for the 8-12 to year olds in your life, at AverageBoy.org. That's AverageBoy.org.